We thank God for such a wonderful time. Thank God for such a blessing time. Today, what we want to share is about having our purpose in God. Yeah, you see, there's a need for you to know the reason why you are a Christian, the reason why you are created. Yeah, you see, the Bible says that the place where there is no vision, the people perish. Yeah, so a person without a vision is a person without a purpose. And just as a person gets an employment to a particular job to function, the same goes with the body of Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless your name for such a wonderful time. We bless your name. Holy Spirit, I pray that anyone who listens to this word, I pray that let there be illumination. Let there be understanding. I pray that, oh Lord, use me just as a vessel to bless your people. May I not speak according to my own imagination and influences, but may I speak according to the demonstration of your power and your anointing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, this episode we want to discuss about your job description in the body of Christ. Your job description. As I said earlier, that in every job or in every occupation, there is a particular functionality or a particular role that the CEO expects for each and every one. The same applies in Christianity. There is a functionality, there is a purpose why you became a Christian. You see, Christianity is more like a group of people or a family, a company that is meant for one purpose, one goal. Amen. So there is a, a job description for every Christian and the employment tag of every Christian is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So once a person receives Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, now the person has been given an employment. The person has a duty to perform. That's why I said that your job description in the body of Christ. So which means that once you are a Christian, there is a purpose for you to do. So when you read First John chapter 3, verse number 18, the Bible says, For this purpose that the Son of Man was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus has his job description when he was coming on this earth. In the kingdom of the Father, his job description was that he should destroy the works of the devil. And to, for him to destroy the works of the devil, he also built a church. He said, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it. So in the church that Jesus is also building, he is also the CEO of the church. And he has brought us as Christians to perform one particular or specific task. Amen. So the church of God is like the whole body of a human being. The whole body of a human being. Whereby each have different functionality. The function of the eye is different from the function of the mouth. The function of the 
the stomach is different from the functioning of the leg. The functioning of the ear is different from the functioning of the hand. So we show that all these, these parts comes together to form what we call the whole human body. So the same thing goes with the body of Christ. The church, there is a functionality that each and everyone have to do. So let's quickly take our main scripture. I say you can, as you are listening to me, take your Bible, take your book and your pen and let's flow as we go deeper, as the Holy Spirit take us deeper in the Word. So when you read 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 6, I said the message in the message title is your job description in the body of Christ. There is a job, your job description in church. You are not meant to just be watching people. You are not just meant to warm pews. Just come and for people to see you in church. But there is a particular thing. You see, it's not everyone who will be assigned to preach. But you can also be assigned to do something in the church. Everyone has his own functionality in the church. Amen. Just as when Moses was building the tabernacle, he was the he was the, the head of them, but Aaron has his functionality. Miriam was a prophetess, but his functionality was to sing. So each and everyone, the drama, everyone, so you can be an usher in the body of Christ. You can be an evangelist in the body of Christ. You can be a prophet. You can be an apostle. You can be a teacher, a pastor in the body of Christ. There are some people called to be help. Their ministry is just help for the body of Christ to function. Amen. So no matter where you are placed to, you have an employment. Yes. And you have to know, you are not meant to just go to church on Sunday and just go home. You are meant to do something. So what is your job description in your body of Christ? Your job description in your body of Christ. So when you read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, verse number 6, Paul says something to Timothy. He said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stay up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So when Paul put his hand on Timothy, he ushered him as as. Timothy became a Christian. He ushered him that now there's something that you have to do. You, Timothy, you don't, there's no need for you just to be walking with me, just moving with me to and fro. But there's something that Jesus Christ is expecting you, Timothy, to do. That's why he says, stay at the gift. There's something. There is a reason why you are a Christian. There is a particular functionality that God needs you in his church. Amen. It's not necessary that you be a preacher. But there's something. There's something. That's the reason why I like this man of God. Bishop Darkwood Mills. My mentor. This man always wants people to do something for God. Because he understood that there is a gift in every human being. That's why we have lay ministry and we have full-time ministry. So it's not necessary you be called to be a full-time priest. But there is something. You can be a protocol or an usher. You can be a menstrual. You can sing in church. You can be a drama. You play. You see, stop. It is time you have to stop collecting money when you are doing something in the house of God. Those instrumentalists, you have to stop. When David was playing instruments 
in, in front of Saul to cast out the evil spirit. He didn't collect anyone, any, any amount of money. He did it. That is the reason why David was able to be a king. He, you see, what he did paved way for him. What he did was actually he was paying the price. Yes. So there are many people who are doing something for God, who are in the church, and they are, their purpose is money. They, especially instrumentalists, their purpose is money. That is the reason why they, they cannot see any blessing. They cannot see any progress in their life. Their reward is the money, that 20 cities, that 30 cities, that 100 cities. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose and your soul? You have to do something. There's a particular role. There's a particular job of employment as you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That is your, that is your what? Your appointment letter to do something for Christ. Amen. Amen. Because many people belittle the works of God. They think that uh, you working in Echo Bank, you working in uh, Backless Bank, you teaching, you teaching in a primary school or a secondary school, a college, a university, you being a CEO of a company, that shows that you are working. But let me tell you, let me, let me tell you, the work, even the most difficult work in this life is to work in the body of Christ. Why? Because that thing is very spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. And spiritual things are real more than the physical as you see. Spiritual things, they are real because spiritual, spiritual is the linkage between the earth realm and the realm where God is. Yes. Spirituality. So when someone is doing the service of God, he's actually doing the most tedious work in this life. The most difficult work because you don't know when someone will die. You don't know even... Sometimes one of the saddest things is that there will be a certain sickness that doctors will proclaim that they don't even have solution. And it will be something of spiritual cause. So when someone is even a preacher, the person is meant to be a doctor, a vessel that God will use, a spiritual doctor. That's why many pastors call themselves spiritual doctors and maybe you don't understand. You may think that they are just giving themselves titles. It's because of their functionality. So there is a functionality. Let's read Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11. Ephesians chapter 4. It's also talking about, let's read verse 8. You see, Paul was telling Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, that he should still have the gift that he lay hands on him. So let's read Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 8. And I will say, wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, this was talking about Jesus. Paul was talking about Jesus. He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. So have you seen? Jesus also gave gifts to men. As Paul was saying that Timothy stir up the gift that the gift of God in you as I lay hands on as I lay my hands on you. So the Bible said when Jesus was going, as Jesus liberated people, as Jesus gave some people what appointment letter that is to be born again. In the supernatural, say so he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts. You see, Jesus didn't come to just save you. As he was going, he gave gifts. And what was the purpose of the gift? Let's read on. He said that now he ascended. What is it? But that he also descended first into the lowest part of the earth. So he went, took dominion over 
the heavens and the earth, the outer darkness of the earth. He went and called out the saints who were asleep. As the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verse number 52. 54, the earthquake and the curtain of the, 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 the temple turned into two, and there was a shake, and the, and the saints who were asleep rose up to the holy city. So Jesus went when he died, something happened supernatural that he took dominion from the even the hells, the, the corners, the corridors of hell. He called out most uh, uh, these people, Moses, um, Abraham, those. Who were waiting for the redemption of him? Who were waiting for his appointment? He called of them to uh, to the holy city. And we that we are still alive, the Bible says he gave gifts to us. He gave gifts to us. And say he verse ten. He said that he that ascended is the same also that he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens. That's the first heavens, the second heavens, and the third heavens. It's heavens. The first heavens, we are talking about the sky. The second heavens, we are talking about where spirit, the principalities, powers, angels operate. The, the, the celestial, the celestial realm. Then also the third heavens where God is. The Bible said, Paul said that, and I was, in a, I was in a place, and that place was the third heavens. So he, Jesus went far above all these levels of heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some, you see, these giftings, these offices, these professions that Jesus gave. The Bible says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the perfection of the saints, which means to continue his good works. He went into the cities. Uh, villages, teaching them in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every diseases and sickness among the people. Yes. So, he went further and he gave some gift to these we human beings that we will perfect the saints, which means we will continue the work of Christianity. We will preach, we will win souls for the work of the ministry. It's a work. It's a profession for the work of the ministry. For the work of the church and for edifying of the body of Christ, which means at the end of the day, we give glory to Jesus. Till so we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. So at the end of the day, God wants all of us to be full. He wants to save many as well. The Bible said that hell and destruction never fool, so as the eyes of man never satisfied. The Bible said hell has enlarged himself in Isaiah 35, verse number 40, to swallow many people. So Jesus also wants to use this as a profession to save many people. So it's not about you being a full-time minister. You can also be a lay minister and save someone. So it's a duty of every Christian to do something in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. So it's not like only these are the professions that God requires from people. There are many to it, and as we go through, the Holy Spirit will lead us. 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 1, verse number 7. 
2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. The Bible says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and of sound mind. Yes. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So when we read verse 6, the main scripture that we are quoting, he said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stay up the gift of God, which means you work for Christ, which is, which is indeed by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, power, love, and osama. He has given us power, love, and osama to work for him, to do something for him. You didn't just become born again. You are meant to become born again to, to do something. Jesus said, I go into the world and, and make them my disciples, which means make Christians and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The body of Christ is also an institution. It's a spiritual institution of God. It's a spiritual institution. So you can be called an apostle. You can be called a prophet. You can be called a pastor, an evangelist, or a teacher in the body of Christ. But if you are not that, it doesn't mean that uh, you cannot do anything for God. So when you read, let's also read scripture. You see, everything is in the Bible. It is time that Christians have to learn the Bible themselves so that they will understand. First Timothy chapter 12, verse number 1. He said that, Now concerning spiritual gift, brethren, I could not... I will not have you ignorant. So Paul was saying that, Master, we are all Christians. Brethren means Christians. He was talking to Christians. He said, we Christians, as we are all Christians, I will never make you ignorant. You see, an ignorant person is a person without vision, a person without purpose. And one of the things that the enemy is using against Christians in this end time is the spirit of ignorance, the spirit of delusion. The spirit of delusion is a dark, is, is, is a format or a way of dark implementation whereby the devil always keep people ignorant of their true identity and functionality as Christians. May you be liberated from any darkness. May you be liberated from any ignorance. Paul said that if a man be ignorant, let me be ignorant. You see, many people are living in ignorance. That's the reason why they, they cannot apprehend and understand the purpose of them being created on this earth. But may you be an exceptional in the name of Jesus. So he said at verse 7, he said about the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, every Christian, to profit with all. For one to is given by the same Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of Spirit, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but all this work, all this work that one and the same self-Spirit dividing to every man, several as he will. So, as you, 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 may, you recall the previous episode, we were talking about the gifts of men. And we got to understand that, you see, the Holy Spirit gives this thing inside people to function, to do something in the body of Christ. Yes. And we got to understand that we have the vocal gifts. The vocal gifts has a different functionality, which is the faith, which is working of miracles and uh, sorry. The, the, the power gift, which is faith, which is working of miracles and gift of healings. Then you also have the vocal gift, which is 
prophecy, which is interpretation of tongues and diversity of tongues. Then we have the revelatory, the revelatory gift that's wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirit. So it shows that just as people are going for workshop and learning, that's the same thing we are also meant to. That's why. We, in church, we have conferences to train pastors. We have conferences to train workers. We have conferences to train lady pastors, to train Christians so that they will work for the ministry and edify the body of Christ. Amen. So when we read verse 28, yeah, that's where you understand that it's not only apostles and prophets. So we say that and God has set some. This one is clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 20. And God has set some in the church. Have you seen? God has set some. So Paul communicated the communication he communicated to the Ephesians. He says, some apostles. So he said, God has set some in the church. First apostles. So apostles were the first people to be set. Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gift of healings. Gift of healings, which means that there are some people who will be called just in the administration of healings. He said, Miracles. There are some people who will be called to just work with miracles. Work miracles. There are some people who will be appointed after they have become Christian to teach the word. Teachers, apostles, apostles are way makers, they are, they are the fathers, they are the, the frontline workers, the prophets are the watchmen. You see, they have to watch and they have to watch within and watch outside and to make sure that we are on track. So when you check the fingers, you see, the first one, the thumb, is, is a functionality of the apostles. The, the, the second, the second one, that is the, the hand that showed the way. They are the prophets. Then the middle one is the evangelist. The evangelist. And we have the, the pastors and the teachers of the word. The, the shepherds. And the teachers of the word. So he said that after that, we have some people they are called just to work miracles. They are, their administration is to work miracles. He said after that miracle, that's why you notice some men of God, their major functionality. You see that miracles. Then the gift of healings. That's why the, the, the previous episode I talk about the, 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 the various version of healings. We have the healings of soul. There are some pastors or there are some Christians when they pray for you or when they preach to you, your, your spirit will be healed. So when you become born again, your spirit, that's why we have evangelists. When they preach to you, you give your life to Christ. That's the healing of the spirit. Then we have some people who also preach and teach you the word. That is the healing of the soul. They give you a correct mentality. Then we have some people who pray for you, then you get physical healing. Yeah, so it's, it's a profession. The gift of healings. Then the helps. We have some people, their major assignment in the body of Christ is to help. Is to help the commission. You see, before Jesus was able to uh, send the apostles or the, the disciples, the first 12 disciples to become apostles, before he was able to send them out, they were helps. They were helpers. They were helping Jesus. Yeah. You see, some of you, you can be called an apostle, but God wants to start you as a help. Some of you can be called as a prophet, but God wants you to... Because Joshua helped, Joshua helped Moses. 
before he became Joshua, he was the Bible said um, the, the Joshua, the son of Nun, who was a minister of Moses. He was ministering to Moses. Aaron was a helper. He was the one who was speaking on behalf of Moses. Miriam was a helper. He was singing because Moses didn't know how to sing. So he was using tambourine to sing. He was a prophetess. So it's not because you are a prophet. When you are a prophetess, there is necessary you have to preach. There is something. There are some people they are meant to be helps. There are some people they are meant to finance the church. Their purpose is to finance the church and to broadcast the work of God. To finance the church, to do crusade, give them finances. And there are some people, their purpose is, is governmentals. Governmentals. Yes, government. The government of the church. You see, the church is a governance. They are governmental of the church. And for people, that's their duty. The government. Administration. Like Hall. Hall. Hall was an administrator of Moses. Yeah. As Aaron was doing the work of a priest for Moses, because God said that he will make Moses the God of Egypt, and he will make Aaron as his own personal prophet. So Aaron was a servant prophet. Yeah, he was, and, and, and Moses was a face-to-face prophet to God. Uh-huh. So he was a face-to-face prophet to God, and he was a God to Pharaoh, and his brother was his prophet, his elderly brother. Aaron was the firstborn of the children of Amram. There was a man called Amram who got married to Jochebed. Yeah, when you read the book of Exodus you, and Numbers, you understand very well that Moses has a father called Amram who got married to a woman called Jochebed. And they give birth to uh, the firstborn called Aaron, then Aaron, then Moses, then their lastborn was Miriam. So there are some people, they are meant to be government. And Moses had someone who helped him in administration. That was Paul. When the people of Israel were fighting the Amalekites, the one who held the hands, uh, as Aaron was holding the right hand, Paul was holding also the left hand, so that as the hands of Moses is lifted up, there will be victory for the people of Israel. And as it goes down, then the Israel, there will be defeat for them. So Paul was an administrative. There are some people, they are meant to help. They are meant to just hold their hands. Hold their hands through finances. Hold their hands through crusades. Hold their hands through uh, uh, driving. They are people just to drive, drive the ministry. Yes. There are people, they are meant to be treasures. Jesus had a treasure and that was Judas. Judas was the treasure because the Bible said that when the woman poured an ointment in John chapter 12, to under the feet of Judas, Judas became, was not happy. Why? Because the Bible said he was a thief. He was the one who was looking after the, the treasury, the financial affairs of Jesus Christ. So there are some people meant to finance their helps. There are people meant to be governments, the administration of the church, to check the database of the church. And you have some people meant to also call the diversity of tongues. They are people, their ministry or their functionality in the body of Christ. It's just to intercede. The diversity of tongues means vocal, to move with their voice. The intercessors, the praying ministry. The praying ministry. So when we read verse uh, 29, it said, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all work- workers of miracles, have all the gift of have 
have all the gift of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret it, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and you show, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Amen. So, what Paul was trying to say is that we don't just have apostles, we don't just have prophets, we have people who are meant, we don't have just pastors, evangelists, and teachers. We have people, they have, their duty is to work in miracles, their people, their duty is to work in healings in the body of Christ. We have some people, their duty is to help, help finance the church. Some people, they are meant to government, the government, the church is a governor, the church is like, the, the, the body of Christ is a kingdom. That's why we have the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of Christ. Is, is a kingdom whereby Jesus need administrators. We need administrators like Hall, like Caleb. Yeah, you also need warriors, frontline workers like Joshua. Then the diversity of tongues. Yeah, there's some the intercessors, the prayer ministry. You see, the church is a spiritual thing, and we need to deal spiritually. That's what Peter said that we, we, we should give us people that we elect so that they will do the administrative work and we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Amen. Yeah, so every Christian has a job. There's one particular thing that God wants you to do, no matter your color. So when we read Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, Acts chapter 1. Verse number 8. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Jesus says something. He said that, But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and into the outermost parts of the world. You see, Jesus was talking to the disciples. But you see, right now, your Judea to be a witness, your Jerusalem, your Samaria, your outermost part of the world to be a witness is your own surrounding, your workplace. You see, it is very sad that many Christians, you see, the devil is employing agent to work for him to kill many people, steal many people, and destroy many people in hell. But it is rather unfortunate that Christians find it difficult even to preach about Christ, to witness about him in their own surroundings. They find it difficult. They think that it's the duty of the apostles. They think that it's the duty of the prophets. They think that it's the duty of the evangelists. No, a mere Christian say you will be witnesses. One of the sole duty of every believer is to be a witness. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that from today, let me the power. The power that came upon the apostle, that is the Holy Spirit. He said that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. May that power come upon you to be a witness in the name of Jesus. If you are a Christian and your family is not saved, there is a big question mark in your Christianity. Because when you read the book of Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when, 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 when the Spirit came upon them and gave them utterance, and as they begin to speak in diverse tongues, the Bible says that through this, when we read Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse number 17, as Peter said that, uh, I'll pour out my spirit, the, con the, the confirmation of the prophecy of uh, the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2 verse 19 says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy as Peter said that the Bible said that 
as Peter was preaching, he won souls. He was a witness. He witnessed about the body of Christ. He won souls. He won souls. Yes, he won souls. Because the Bible said, as the, the Peter preached, the Bible said that verse Acts chapter 2, verse number 43. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and good and parted them to all men as every man had a need. Yes. Yes. That is the duty of Christianity to be witnesses, to preach the word, to do something for God. There is something. You are meant to be an administrator. You are meant to be a treasure. The government, the health ministry. Maybe you cannot move to do a crusade. Your, your assignment is to finance the church. Maybe you cannot be a full-time minister. But you are meant to be a lay minister to preach about Christ. Yes, Daniel was a prophet, but he was also a prime minister. Yes. Yes. Sometimes many people ask me, is it good for someone to uh, a Christian to be part of uh, government or let's say politics and I tell them Daniel was a politician but he was a prophet Daniel was a politician Daniel was a politician that God it is God who used Samuel to appoint the first king the first king of Israel so why are you telling that God is not interested about governance yes so you can be a politician but still preach you see, the reason why many politicians find it difficult to preach the work of God is because they are corrupt. They, they don't say the truth. That's the reason why a, a politician who wants to speak the truth will always do something for God. Yes. Paul was a tent builder, but he was a preacher. Joseph was a dreamer, and he, was, he became a governor in a foreign land, Egypt. So you being a minister, you being a lawyer, you being a doctor, you being something, it's not a barrier. Once a Christian, there's something, there's a spiritual responsibility that God wants you to do. Amen. Yes. So there's something that you have to do for the body of Christ. So that's why I said that your job description in the body of Christ, you are meant to be an apostle. You are meant to be, you see, Moses didn't just become a face-to-face prophet with God. He was a pastor. He was called Pastor Moses. When you read Exodus chapter 10, the Bible says he looked after the flock of Jethro, the priest of Midianites. Then one day he saw a burning bush. That is where he moved from the realm of being a pastor. So which means that the actual ministry in the body of Christ of Moses was meant to be a face-to-face prophet. Was meant to be a deliverer, a savior in the Old Testament church. So the same thing applies. Maybe you, are, you may not be called like Paul. You may not be called like Moses. But you may be called as a whore. You may be called as a Caleb. You may be called as a Joshua. You may be called as Elijah. You may be called as Elisha. John the Baptist, a well-making minister. You may be called like Mary Magdalene. You may be called like Martha to refresh men of God. Yes. There is a duty to fulfill in the body of Christ. There's a particular duty. You didn't just become a Christian for people to say that you are a Christian. There's something that you have to do for the body of Christ. But it is rather unfortunate that many Christians are not doing anything for God. I pray for you 
that the mercies of God, the grace to function in the giftings of God come upon you in the name of Jesus. Any hindrance, anything that is that is being ignorant, that is making you ignorant, that is making that is bringing a veil that is covering you to function to do something for God. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus, may that thing be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Any connection, anything that prevents you, may the blood of Jesus consume it. I pray for you, anything that the enemy has used to come in like a flood against your life, may the voice of the Holy Spirit be lifted up as a standard against them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May you walk in your calling, may you walk in your gift, may you walk in your functionality. May you walk in every appointment that Jesus has given you in the name of Jesus Christ. And as I bring my message to a close, maybe you are listening to me, you are not born again. You see, Jesus came that we may be witness. Jesus loved me and you. I remember one time I was once a footballer, I was not a preacher. I used to I used to play football, not a church type. I didn't go, I, I was not a type who, who liked to go to church. But one day I met a man called, I will never forget, he's called Pastor Johnson, Pastor William Johnson. And this man introduced me to Christ. Then from there he took me to a convention where I gave my life to Christ. And I begin to know that there's something that I have to do for Christ. And that is where you can see me today preaching. So you are listening to me, you are not born again. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He came to give you an appointment to do for him. He came that he will use you to save your family. He came that you use you to work miracles. He came that you use you to to transform lives, to impact lives, to correct the corrupt mentality of people. So if you if you are listen to me, no matter who you are, you see the the the, the adulterous woman when the the, 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 the group of people brought him to Christ. Jesus didn't condemn him. He said, go and sin no more. So if you have done something, let me tell you, the Bible said that if you say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. And, but if you confess, Jesus is ready to forgive us all our sins. And from today, as you receive Jesus, your life will never be the same again. I want you to pray this prayer. They say, Father, I thank you for sending your son. Jesus Christ. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. For your word says, I have sinned and I fall short of the glory of God. I have sinned and I fall short to know my true identity in the body of Christ. Jesus, from today, I pray, have mercy on me. I come to you, forgive me, write my name in the book of life. Wash me by the blood. Forgive me from today. Have mercy on me. Take me as your, your vessel. From today, I take you as my personal Lord and Savior. I take your life, which is full of power and sound mind. Use me for your works. Use me. Help me. Take me deeper to understand my purpose of being a Christian. Thank you for accepting me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You are blessed. Maybe you are sick somewhere. You are sick somewhere. God, God has always put in my hand to pray for people. Because the Bible says that 
in Acts chapter 3, verse number 1 downwards, the Bible said that there was a man who was born lame. The man was born lame. But when Peter and John were going to the temple to pray, they saw the man who was born lame from the womb of the mother putting at the gate called beautiful. How can lameness be closer to something called beautiful? So Peter saw that there was an error there. There was an error. People thought that the man was lame by birth. But Peter saw, he perceived in the realm of the spirit that no, this man must be made whole. So he said that silver and gold, the man was having a profession of money. You see, there are, there are certain things money cannot, cannot buy. They are the healing. Money cannot give you healing. Money cannot give you restoration. Money is a neutral thing. Money is a force that can push the gospel. Money is a force that can push your life as a Christian. Eh? But one thing that you need is the transformation of Jesus. So Peter sells silver and gold. Man, I don't have. By what I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up. And the Bible said there was an instant healing. As you are listening to me, maybe, maybe you have a doctor's report. You have a report that says that you are going to die. I tell you, in the name of Jesus, you are moving out from your sick bed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe you have a kidney failure. You, you are confronting some headache. You have pains in your body. Jesus is touching you now. The Holy Spirit is touching you now. The power of the Holy Spirit is overshadowing you now. Maybe you are confused. You are tense. When you, when you learn, it doesn't work. You are liberated in the name of Jesus. From today, you will be among the best students. In the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe you have headache. You are healed now. You are healed now. Jesus is touching you now. The healing power of Jesus is touching you now. Is touching you now. You are liberated. You are free. You will not die, but you will live to declare the works of God. If maybe you have a doctor's report. You have a wrong report. I, I, I touch you by the, by the blood of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Yes. And you that have that report, you can go back to the hospital and check again and you see the miracle working of Jesus. I believe, I strongly believe that Jesus has touched someone. I strongly believe that you are healed. I strongly believe that you are restored. If you have, I say go back and check again. Go back to the hospital. Go back and do the x-ray again. You will see a transformation. You will see the, the mighty hand of God upon your life. And if you have also, as you are listening, you got an instant healing. You got an instant miracle. The Bible says, and they overcome him by the blood of lamb and by the words of their testimony. I want you to share a testimony by calling this number. One of our pastors is called Pastor Richard. Uh, you call his, his number. That is 0548-64-56. I repeat it again. 0548 64 56. I repeat it again. 0548-64-54-56. Yeah. So if you have a testimony, call him or text him. And I believe your life will never be the same. Thank you. God bless you for your time. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.